Mike is uh, a Gideon. He's, a, he's a, not an actual member of this church yet, although one of the things I need to announce is we're having a new membership class. If you're interested, let me know. But uh, Mike was here long before he was ever here as a church member because he was here as a Gideon. Uh, and uh, the Gideons have just a slew of events going on in this area right now. Among them was a dinner that Joan and I went to uh, Friday night and got really good free dinner and, and heard some good speaking and, and it was a blessing and and uh, Mike uh, is was it Mike Mike not Micah Mike was a part of that and uh, it's just a blessing to have him here as a Gideon uh, sharing with us today and well gang oh am I good or up higher is that better you want to hear me First thing Steve said to me as he walked in the door, he says, Neener, 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 I am not wearing a tie. <laughs> it's great to be here at, uh, at what I consider my home church now. We haven't been in Davenport that long, but definitely feel uh, part of this community and especially the part of this church community. And when I... <clears throat> When I uh, normally speak, and uh, speaking at other churches, I'm a little bit in fear and trepidation because I always look at that verse and saying, uh, prof was not honor in his own country, but, but I do feel very much at home here, especially speaking about the things of the Lord and what the Lord is doing through our ministry. <clears throat> uh, I'm breaking all the rules right now because I'm not supposed to just talk to you guys. I'm supposed to come in here with some very dynamic testimony which catches your attention and then we just go from there. But I feel very special this morning because we are changing as an organization. We are returning to our roots and as we continue in this presentation, we hope that you feel that as well. It was a turn of the century Things were good for most people. Economy was booming. Factories were producing more consumer goods, and most people had money to buy them. There had been an explosion in the growth of cities. Jobs were plentiful, and anyone who wanted to work could. The media called it the Industrial Revolution. Ted was getting ready for a promotion, but the circumstances were far from ideal. He's young for the job, and even though he was a vice president, many thought him ill-prepared for this top position. But despite these misgivings, his predecessor had met an untimely end, and he was next in the chain of command. But this Saturday in September, his thoughts wandered back to the past week when he became a Gideon. In fact, he was Gideon number 1700. The Gideons were an organization he greatly admired, and he was grateful to be considered of high enough character to be chosen as a member. The main thing he valued was the organization had standards. They also cherished the sanctity of the Bible. He'd always found it difficult to find people that revered God's holy word as much as he did. He also valued that the Gideons were known for spiritual support and prayer. Those are both things he realized he'd greatly need for the trials he would soon face. 
This new job would invite many temptations, but he knew that God had ordained him for this time. He also knew it would only be by God's grace that he'd be able to succeed in this new position. He'd have a lot of responsibility. Many people were depending on him and the many decisions he would have to make. He prays silently like Solomon. He could be granted wisdom to know and to do God's will. Taking one last look in the mirror to straighten his tie, he took a deep breath, and he entered the room to greet an anxiously awaiting assembly. This day, September 14, 1901, at Wilcox Manor in upstate New York, Theodore Roosevelt, Jr., Teddy to his friends, would be sworn in as the 26th president of the United States of America. Now, I didn't share this story to eulogize Teddy Roosevelt. Even though a lot of people consider him one of the top five most influential leaders of this republic. He's on Mount Rushmore. In fact, there are probably many things about Teddy Roosevelt and his policies, lifestyle, and opinions I disagree with. Teddy Roosevelt wasn't perfect, but neither am I. Sorry, guys, neither are you. I shared this story to illustrate that God uses imperfect people to perform his perfect will. I'm going to repeat that. He uses imperfect people to fulfill his perfect will. As we read in the scripture today, his word does not return to him without producing effect. So God uses me despite my many imperfections, and he also wants to use you. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus gives us our marching order. We're soldiers fighting in a spiritual war for lost souls. We have the authority of the supreme commander-in-chief to complete our mission, and every Christian is a soldier in this army. Like the one first referred to when President McKinley was assassinated, the event that brought Teddy Roosevelt to the Oval Office, this date has great significance. On this date, 9-11, a little over 20 years ago, 21 actually, at the turn of a new century, America changed forever. We discovered that peace and security was not necessarily a guarantee we were granted at citizenship. We also learned that we can't take God's grace for granted. And our time on earth is fleeting. And because our time here is short, Leading people to Christ is the heart of our mission. Collectively, all of us, not just the Gideons. The Gideons International began as a group of men gathering to encourage one another in personal witnessing and living lives worthy of the gospel. 
Scripture distribution came later at the suggestion of supporting churches. Our goals for the future, as I mentioned before, are to emphasize those earlier aspirations. God, like the Marines, is looking for a few good men and women. In the Gospel of John, chapter 4, we have a very special encounter and conversation between Jesus and a Samaritan woman. The scriptures do not give us the details of why the woman was there at the time, but she was, but based on this content of that dialogue, we can surmise that her circumstances were unusual for her culture. But this conversation is not what I want to focus on in this chapter. In verses 35 through 38, Jesus states succinctly why we do what we do. You've heard it said, four months and then the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are already white or ready for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor, Others have labored, and you have entered into that labor. Sowing, watering, and reaping. We're all familiar with that, especially in this community. I might refer back to the fact is, what does a seed have to do before it produces fruit? It basically has to die to itself, metaphorically. It has to be crushed. The outer shell that protects it has to be destroyed so that it can gain the nutrients, so that it can grow and it can produce fruit. We've mentioned our anchor verse. And our anchor verse is Isaiah 55, or verses, 10 through 11, primarily 11. That is the promise we're given that his word never returns void. But if you go back further, it talks about God's nature. And one of the things it mentions in it, it's a very rich section of scripture from the Old Testament, 55, 1 through 11, is God doesn't think like we do. And he doesn't do things like we do. He has a perfect will, and he will perform that will. But we need to basically be on board with him. So normally, when I would greet you at the door, besides just passing out, oh, I want to mention, you know, be sure and pick up those, oh, wait a minute, there's no Gideon cards in your rack. What happened to that? Hopefully you got one. But I'll talk about that a little later. We'll normally ask you three questions, and each of these questions has a purpose. How long have you been attending church here? Our first question gives us a gauge for your level of commitment to the local church. No church is perfect, and every church has high points and low points. But are you willing to be faithful through bad times, or will you quit when the going gets tough? 
A faithful Gideon is committed to the local body of Christ. Even though we may speak in a lot of different churches, we are committed to the local body of Christ. Number two, what do you do for a living? The second demonstrates your ability to fulfill commitments you've made. Can you initiate, implement, complete projects as they're assigned? A faithful Gideon is reliable and willing to take on the responsibility of fulfilling his God-ordained ministry objectives. In the third one, doesn't it feel great to witness, share the gospel, and lead people to Christ? That third gives us an indication of your zeal for seeing people come to the saving grace of Jesus. All our theology, worship, and giving will not bring salvation to the lost unless we share it with them. A faithful Gideon will share the gospel of grace at every opportunity. Now, I'm going to go off script here for a second. I want to apologize for our ministry. Sometimes we've come across as these rich, privileged white guys that come into a church that look different than everybody else, and we ask you for money to send out Bibles to the, and we tell you about how we've given out Bibles to your kids in your schools and stuff like that. I want to assure you, you're looking at 10% of the ministry of the Gideons. You're looking at the tip of an iceberg. What we do here in the pulpits that we share whether it's in Reardon or Davenport or Wilbur or a fellow or whatever it's, wherever it's at, is to provide the tools necessary for the 250,000 other Gideons all over the world to reach their communities and culture for Jesus Christ. Yes, we do minister. We do provide things. We are in a war. And we do hand out these little New Testaments. And we're not ashamed of that. Sometimes this thing is the only thing that will ever get into a kid's hand has anything to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is it. And I could give you testimony after testimony after testimony of people's lives that have been changed with this. Like a fellow in Kansas City, Missouri, about ready to kill himself, goes in. And particularly not this testament, but let's talk about what you have all seen in hotel rooms. First one in Superior, Montana. That's where it went. The Gideon Bible, we passed out, well, personally, I was part of passing out 600 of these, 200 to uh, the Best Western Plus downtown, 
and 400 to the Doubletree, where we had our convention. So we are, we're proud of the fact that we put these Bibles, and they do change people's lives. But it's the power of God behind them that actually changes people's lives. Here's the war that we're involved in. I found this Bible in a hotel. And if every once in a while you're just going to get one, and it is, it's an illustration of the battle that we face from the great deceiver. I quote, complete work of fiction. Nothing in this book ever happened. And plot twist, the hero of the entire book turns out to be the bad guy. If you want to see it, it's here. It's in this Bible. Someone put it there. We live in a hurting world. Like I told you, I'm off script right now. At the convention, I have a little story I need to tell. I have eight kids. And I don't know if you know this, and I'm going to share it anyway. Did you know that Sequoia is my granddaughter? So every time you pray, when I heard that you pray for my granddaughter, it definitely touched my heart. I wish I could tell you that we know anything more we don't. We hold in Fresby, but we, we don't know what her condition or where she's at or anything. But anyway, please continue your prayers on that. That's beside the point. Having eight kids and having them close means that every once in a while, they need something from you. <laughs> Not, nothing... Turning red for I don't care. <laughs> but no, this was this was Becca's sister, younger sister. Her name is Stephanie. And she is uh, um, has challenges. But anyway, she all of a sudden got this text while I'm at the convention, and it says, "Dad, I need twenty dollars for a haircut, and I." need to go to the drugstore and buy some over-the-counter medicine. Okay. So, I kind of sit there and I'm thinking, okay. So I take part of the time that I would be at this convention and I go and I take care of these things. I look at my watch and say, oh, I wanted to really hear this speaker, but I'm not going to get to hear this speaker because my kid not, not only used up my time, but I had to give her money to do it. And, you know, so I was kind of in a crabby mood. And anyway, I went down, and I did all that, and I went and did my thing and, and came back and parked in my parking place and... and uh, I saw in front of me a brick wall. And this brick wall 
had graffiti on it. And I looked at that wall and I thought, that's interesting. And I followed it. And what it was was a conversation. And I don't know how many different people had this conversation. But it was dark. And I'm not going to share a lot of the details of it. But I thought, you know, I need to catalog this. So uh, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. We do have a Gideon app that has 1,900 different languages that you can minister to almost anyone in the entire world. You guys have a missionary that works in Cameroon. Cameroon has 53 different languages and dialects. If you were there at the, at the dessert, you'd know that. The Gideon app has 39 of those languages and dialects. So you could minister to any, well, most of Cameroon, just with the Gideon app. Just saying. So you can download that on, uh, from the uh, Apple Store or from Google+. But anyway, back to my story. I decided to take a picture of this. Well, I took this picture... And I was walking down the alley to go back to the convention, and someone stopped me and said, I saw you taking a picture of the, of the thing there. I says, yeah. And I just looked up on him and says, there's a lot of hurting people in this world. He says, yeah, yeah, we know. We've been trying to get the cops down here to get rid of all of those homeless people that are, keep doing all the graffiti all over everything. And I happen to mention, well, I'm a little bit more concerned about their souls. And that started a conversation. Well, to back up, I had just bought a whole bunch of what we call P PWTs, personal worker testaments. They're not the green ones. They're the brown ones. And I thought I had one up here, but I guess I don't. But the point is, I just happened to have these, started a conversation, and was able to witness the Lord Jesus Christ and pass out three PWTs to a group of people that had started a conversation. And that's the key to witnessing is starting the conversation. And I share that because I was definitely not in the mood to witness. And that's what God does. You don't have to be necessarily ready, but you do have to be willing to do it when called upon. Okay, I'm going to go back on script now. God's Word makes a difference in individual lives as well as in corporate lives. There was an Islamic cleric in Pakistan. He was witnessed to by a Gideon, and he accepted Christ and was miraculously provided water during a drought. And even though he was shunned and disowned by his own people, God's grace provided enough water for the entire village. And many were saved both physically and spiritually as a result. 
As a supporter of the Gideons, you were there when a distraught young man was contemplating ending his life. Instead, he's prompted by the Holy Spirit to open a Gideon Bible in Wichita, Kansas, and have a life-changing encounter with God. You were there with a backslidden believer who, strung out on heroin, found a Bible in a squalid little hotel room in Bellingham, Washington, where she'd gone to dry out. And by her own admission, it was not an immediate deliverance from the bondage of drug abuse, but it did give her hope. And today she is drug-free and serving the Lord. And this is what our mission is all about. And this is a mission we're asking you to join. Putting Bibles into people's hands so they can learn that God loves them. Jesus died for them, and the only reward that matters is the eternal one. We don't give Bibles to feed the intellect. We give Bibles so that people who are captives of a corrupted world system can have an opportunity to become citizens of heaven. The Christian businessmen and professionals who volunteer as Gideons operate as a missionary outreach of your church. Through Trinity Bible Fellowship's generous offerings up to this point and your prayer support, we purchase and distribute the Word of God to people both here and abroad. Use that word to bring people to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We have, the Lord has allowed us to continue this mission for over 120 years. And we distribute the New Testament in schools, military bases, and colleges. And through that support, we have full Bibles for hotels, motels, hospitals homeless shelters, refugee centers. Aside here, one million scriptures have already been given out to Ukrainian refugees. One million. And most recently, we've been contacting first responders with the personal testaments. Those who are on the front lines, police, fired emergency uh, workers. I had the opportunity and great blessing of passing out 345 of those New Testaments to, uh, to uh, police and fire departments a little bit further uh, east in the, in the Spokane Valley. But they are graciously received and we receive much thanks, but we give all the glory to God that we can, we can uh, provide those. I'm going to show you a box. This box is empty. 135 dollars fills it. That's your reference point. A hundred New Testaments or 25 hotel Bibles. 135 dollars fills this box. And we want to fill as many boxes as we possibly can. But as I mentioned before, we produce the Bibles, or we publish the Bibles in about 200 languages. 
And no, 109 languages in 200 countries. Susan, want to get my numbers straight. But that Bible app that I just mentioned, 1,900 different languages and dialects. So, of course, we know this is the future. And I guarantee you, in the third world, they might not have anything else, but I guarantee you, most people have access to a cell phone. They don't have telephone poles in Kenya. They have cell towers because they are so much more efficient than telephone poles. <laughs> Scriptures state prophetically in Isaiah 11:9 that the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It took 92 years to distribute 1 billion copies of the Bible. It only took another 11 years to reach 2 billion. The current tally is close to 2.5 billion. Even in a world almost completely shut down by fear, God's word goes forth, or God's word goes forth, performs his sovereign will. Now, how do you help us? How do you help us fulfill the Great Commission? Or how can we help you fulfill the Great Commission? We need your prayers, and we know we have those. But without God's Spirit preparing the hearts of those receiving the Word, nothing eternal can be accomplished. In addition, we need the strength and encouragement of God's people as we continue this work. Because it is getting more and more dangerous all the time. I was going to share with you exactly what kinds of things are going on in the world right now with the Gideons. I hope I can do that. Let's find out. Well, so far, so good. Right now, and I'm not going to give you names, I'm not going to give you dates, but we are working. Right now, there are Gideons talking to people, establishing camps, ministering, and preparing people to distribute the word and evangelize in Brazil, Germany, Nepal, Malaysia, India, New Zealand, Nigeria, Indonesia, and the Philippines, and that's just with the two weeks. We have regional directors. One thing that I noticed, six of our regional directors and things had been in Colombia for one week. So there's obviously a great work going on in Colombia. But we're in Rome, Slovakia, Guatemala, Democratic Republic of the Congo, uh, Venezuela, Zamb Zambia, Nepal, Finland, uh, Ghana, and there's, and there's more. There's lots more that are, that, are, that are going on now. We have currently two international scripture blitzes scheduled. I have never 
seen that in the history that I've been part of the Gideons. Two simultaneous international scripture blitzes. One in Mexico and one in Uganda. There are conventions going on where Gideons are gathering together this coming week in Indiana and in India. So we are a worldwide ministry and we are fulfilling the Great Commission. That is our goal. And we do it through distribution of the scriptures, yes. But this is a tool. This is a tool that I could teach you to use so that you have an opportunity to minister the saving grace of Jesus Christ. In the back page of a New Testament of the Gideons, you find out that God loves you. We find out that we are all sinners. We find out that God gave us a remedy for our sin and that you can be saved now and you can put your name in there. He says, do you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? It's that simple. We need you. I'm not going to make any bones about it. We're an aging organization. The warriors that came before us, some of them in their 80s and 90s, and they're still going. But we need a new generation of people that are willing to use the tools that we can get. And yes, Unfortunately, we don't accept everybody that wants to be a Gideon. There are certain requirements that you have to have. You have to be either a business person or a professional or have some kind of supervisory or where you have had some management experience. But there's a reason for that, just like there's a reason for those three questions. I've talked to a few of you about becoming a friend of the Gideons. Friends of the Gideons can get these things. You don't have to wait and, you know, get one. You get the brown ones that we use, which we pay for out of our own pocket. I told you before they had a chance to minister to a group of people. Well, I had just bought 20 of these little brown testaments. And uh, I just happened to have them on hand. Isn't that a coincidence? But that's how God works. Okay, back on script again. We do need financial support. As I mentioned before, $135 fills that box. Well, I gave you cards, but you also had a little tiny uh, uh, an insert that has some information of how you can support uh, the Gideons. And we will be taking an offering today, and uh, Mike and I will be picking that up at the end of the service. You have those cards. Those cards are free. It's an honor system. Kind of like the highway between Davenport and uh, Reardon. It supposedly has a speed limit. 
<laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You can't drive the speed limit, you know. I always wanted to have a sticker on the back of my car, custom sticker that said, I'm sorry I am not speeding fast enough for you. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the Gideon cards. You've got them in your hands. And if you want to trade them off like Pokemon cards, feel free. You know, just, you know, a thank you card here says, oh, I got it in recognition. Can I, you know, however that works. Uh, we have lots more. Did you know the reason why? Is because they're to be used. And it is a honor system. And remember that you're sending Bibles out if you send those cards out. We do ask for a donation, but I'm going to guarantee you it's just cheaper. If you want to send out a card and buy a New Testament, that's $1.35. So you got a $1.35 card. You know, buy that at the dollar store. Well, I guess you could say $0.10 cents at a $1.25 store. But plus tax. Plus tax. Yes, plus tax. <laughs> So anyway, and we do have a website that you can order cards from. And you can do e-cards. We have lots of different ways of sharing. Okay, back on script. All right, I am almost done, I promise. Uh, but if you are not ready to give today, if you want to pray about what you can do to support the, the work, um, you can always take those those uh, envelopes home and just send in at any time. We have our address on it. Every single penny you send goes to provide a word, uh, some a Bible for the. I can't say anymore that every penny goes to provide a Bible because we have some overhead costs. But the point is, all of that stuff helps us to get those the word out. I want to leave you with a verse, and in some ways, I hope I've challenged you. I hope I've challenged you if you're a professional, if you are a businessman, and farmers are definitely businessmen, <laughs> teachers, anyone that's in any kind of a uh, occupation. is eligible to become a Gideon. Please approach me. Talk to me anytime you want. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Sowing, watering, and reaping. Everything you do in the name of the Lord, every gift you give, he will never forget. As you leave this building today, I want you to look up at what it says over the door. You are now entering the mission field.